Welcome back. I hope, however, that time spent was nourishing. Um, and as I said before, we'll just move right into the into the sit. So I'm going to invite each of us to allow the body to come into a posture that feels supportive. Um, there's not a lot of stress in the posture, in the attitude, the sort of the internal posture is um, one of nobility, dignity, um, beauty. We are in, we undertake the practice to incline ourselves towards these teachings that are liberating, whether it's the liberation in a moment or in a more steadfast way uh, in our lives to allow the, the posture, again, the internal posture and the physical posture to be both supportive and like, oh, yeah, can I make myself available to our own experience? Uh, to these teachings so just taking a few moments here in the beginning to allow the body to find its best most comfortable posture Uh, noticing if there's any if if you roll the shoulders back and down if that helps if there's an opening of the chest and as you might have intuited from the walking instructions for the anchor this morning, I want to play in the realm of, of breathing, but initially locate ourselves in the elements. So first being the earth element. So if it's helpful to have an image of a, a mountain, Mount Rainier, for those of you in the Pacific Northwest here in the Bay Area, Mount right. Pius, Mount Shasta, Mount Fuji, any of those kind of iconic mountains that seem to arise from the horizon. So there's this the steadiness, the stillness of that mountain. So too within each of us, the bones resting in the steadiness, the stillness of the bones. The earth beneath us. As that mountain is unshaken by the winds, even the fires. This clouds, the rain. So this body of ours in this relative stillness of the bones is unmovable. Taking a moment to see, check in with how is it to align ourselves with that relative validity and stability. And whether we can sort of actually have a felt sense of it or whether we kind of borrow from the image of the trees or the mountain or giant rocks that can serve as the anchor of, oh yeah, that's what it looks like to be grounded. And I kind of breathe that in as a felt sense of being steady and grounded within this very form of ours, irrespective of our circumstances. So just lingering here just a little more in this relative steadiness 
of the earth element. These bones resting upon the earth beneath us. Same thing. So it is below us and around us, so it is internally. And then to invite in the picture of, say, winds blowing the leaves, how they make the aspen leaves quake or feathers blow or moving the grasses along a hillside, a visual of the wind and feel into the felt sensation of the wind element, our breath, you know, the in-breath, the out-breath. And we're not trying to manipulate or change the breath pattern at all. But if you played around with it in the walking meditation, like letting the breath lead, kind of letting the awareness of this wind element as it moves through us. Remarkable thing about the wind element is that it is very much the same air, right? That moves through us inside and out. It's an amazing bridge between our interior world and the exterior. Yeah, we breathe in, we breathe out. So if it's helpful to hold an image of the wind, which is often seen through some other form, right? Grasses, leaves, feathers, hair. And then noting it internally, I'm aware for some of us, breath is not neutral. That there, whether there's a respiratory illness or challenges with breathing. So focusing on the breath may not be skillful means. In which case, it can be resting the attention on a sensation. If your hands are holding each other, one hand resting on the other, hands on the legs. Don't try and push into it. Yeah. But can we allow ourselves in the course of our sit? to be curious with a breath that can happen without our paying attention to it and we can also change it and for this time sitting we're not needing to alter the breath in any way we're just noticing that how how we experience the inhalation and the exhalation so it's just a bathing in the curiosity oh yeah this Half breath in, half breath out, breathing in, breathing out as it in sinking up in a way with a natural element of wind as we experience it outside in the world. So too, with his inhales and exhales, it's that experience of the wind element moving through our body.
And remembering that there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seats. We see how it is. And meeting however we are with that gentle curiosity, spaciousness. Okay. In this moment, it's like this. One breath in, one breath out.
you. As always, so nice to sit together. That's again, appreciating our being able to be together. As I hinted at before, uh, for this portion, for the talk today, I'd just like to sort of stay in the realm of talking about breathing. And for those dear ones who joined me last Friday on the um, talk about the warrior heart, definitely touched into um, the importance of breathing. And, you know, as myself, I'm sure many of us have been taught mindfulness of breathing really since the beginning <laughs> um, and wanted to kind of dive in a little bit more. And to start with that, I want to share um, from the sutta, um, Anapanisata Sutta, uh, the mindfulness of in and out breathing. And I'm just going to read a version of it. And just if actually, if you just close your eyes and just listen without trying to get it or grasp at it, but just sort of see how, um, that's the rhythm of it. Yeah. And kind of pay attention to your breathing. That's what would be the invitation to kind of note the breathing and breathing out as I read this and just kind of let the, the words uh, fall like water without trying to grasp it or anything. Uh, now, how is mindfulness of in and out breathing developed and pursued so that it can be of great fruit, of great benefit? There is the case where a monk, having gone to the wilderness, to the shade of a tree or to an empty building, sits down, holding his legs crosswise holding his body erect and setting mindfulness to the fore. Always mindful, he breathes in, he breathes out. The first tetrad concerns contemplation of the body. Breathing in long, he discerns, I am breathing in long. Or breathing out long, he discerns, I am breathing out long. Or breathing in short, he discerns, I am breathing in short. Breathing out short, he discerns, I am breathing out short. He trains himself, I will breathe in Sensitive to the entire body, he trains himself, I will breathe out, sensitive to the entire body. He trains himself, I will breathe in calmly, bodily fabrication. He trains himself, I will breathe out calmly, bodily fabrication. Um, Second set, contemplating the feeling tones, I will breathe in sensitive to rapture. I will breathe out sensitive to rapture. Or in other ways, I will breathe in pleasant. I will breathe out sensitive to pleasant. He trains and trains himself out. I will breathe in sensitive to pleasure. Okay. That sense. I breathe out sensitive to pleasure. I will breathe in. Uh, I'm going to change this a little bit. I will breathe in sensitive to unpleasant. I will breathe out sensitive to unpleasant. Contemplation of the mind. I will breathe in sensitive to the mind. I will breathe out sensitive to the mind. I will breathe in that which is satisfying to the mind. I will breathe out that which is satisfying to the mind. I will breathe in releasing the mind. I will breathe out releasing the mind. Fourth set, um, the contemplation of mental objects, and we're walking through really the four foundations of mindfulness here again. I will breathe in focusing on impermanence. I'll breathe out focusing on impermanence. Breathe in focusing on dispassion. I will breathe out, focusing on dispassion. I will breathe in, focusing on sensation. I will breathe out, focusing on sensation. I will breathe in, focusing on the relinquishment. I will breathe out, focusing on relinquishment. This is how mindfulness of in and out breathing is developed and pursued so as to be of great fruit and great benefit. Um, and wanted to kind of 
drop a little bit into the details of the actual wording of the sutta as laid out in um God knows so much has been written about these four the foundations of mindfulness, but what I appreciate in um in this invitation is oh, regardless of what the anchor is, be it the breathing itself, the motion of the in-breath, the out-breath, the noting of pleasant, unpleasant sensations. It's also called the Vedna second foundation of feeling tones. So it's not feeling, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling sad. It's every time our attention is in contact with something somewhere unconsciously or unconsciously, there's a, a note of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, which sort of sets up a whole cycle of responses or reactions. Yeah. So in that second foundation of mindfulness, oh, pleasant, unpleasant. Yeah. So breathing in, noting, seeing if we can have the subtlety of awareness to note a pleasant, breathing in that's pleasant, breathing out pleasant, breathing in, breathing out that which is unpleasant. And again, it's a allowing the awareness of the breath to become fine and subtle, these different nuances. So it's not so much a make it a head trip or make it complicated. It's just a pointing to in each of these areas of where we locate our attention, part of our attention follows our breathing. So breathing in the the mind constructs, fabrications of the mind. Oh, breathing in thinking, the noting, the notation of thinking, breathing out. So as I understand it, there's sort of a, um, a dual attention, as it were, of allowing there to be some attention that rests on that in and out motion of the breath. And then a noting of thinking, we do this all the time, noting, thinking, comparing, judging. Yeah. And there's an anchor, though, and, oh, we want to allow the breath, the awareness of the breath, this life-giving force to be part of whatever we're doing. And that fourth um, foundation of mindfulness, sort of all the dominoes, like everything, um, the hindrances and what the mind is thinking about, it's the larger picture of what we can pay attention to. But again, the invitation is noting I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. So this can be a kind of a continuous thread, both as an additional anchor, but also as part of the very anchor itself. And I don't want to, again, be complicating anything, but more pointing to the the unbelievable centrality and importance of paying attention to the breath. And again, as I said, like the first instruction, many of us get like pay attention to the breath, in breath, out breath, Um, noting nostril, mouth, chest, belly. And then in of subsequent of recent months, really paying attention of well, what is this about? Why? So I wanted to share um, a little bit about why the breath like, this is from Dan Siegel. And again, my apologies for the dear ones who are with me on Friday, but it's from Dan Siegel, who teaches at UCLA, has written any number of books. This is from a course I took with him. I'm guessing the closest book approximation would be his book called Awake. Um, so breath has a wonderful way of involving two branches of the autonomic nervous system uh, and um, the attention of, and I'm going to leave his script for a moment, but the importance was in the conversations about heart rate variability, it's the tracking, what is the balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system? And ideally we have kind of a high range yeah. that there's an ability to move from one to the other that promotes resiliency, uh, an ability to transition from well, fight or flight like I need to be active to, okay, I can rest and digest, or my favorite phrasing is uh, feed and breed when the system can really settle. And often we tend to kind of, we can get stuck in the sympathetic dominant system. 
uh, a book I think I quoted last time and I quoted a lot last Friday called Heart, Breath, Mind. Some combination of those words uh, by Leah Legos really noted that we are a nation of chest breathers, whether it's because we're on our phone and we're constricted like that, or we're just multitasking or really the reality that this nervous system that developed a very long time ago um, on an Oakland plane was not, is not wired for our current life. So there's can be, unless we really work at it, a kind of habituatedness to being um, in a kind of low grade or high grade state of fight or flight or in again, in that sympathetic dominant nervous system, very hard to rest, really hard to settle. Our cognitive functioning is not so great when we're kind of hyped up all the time. And one of the ways is sort of intuitively, we know this and um, we're sort of taught it in so many different arenas, but oh, by allowing ourselves to drop into the belly breathing, the diaphragmatic breathing, we can help reset the system. Yeah, to come out of that sympathetic dominant into a more parasympathetic, okay, breathing here. Yeah, breathing from the belly. Um, from the dancing rights about the, the, the philosophy of breathing, the breath is outside. I mentioned this in the instructions. It's outside you and it's inside you. The nervous system was formed with skin cells that invigate inward. So awareness of the breath is carried out in part by neurons that are intended to be at the interface of inner and outer. So breath comes, becomes deeply philosophical in the experience of an inspiration breathing in and then exhalation integrating the inner and the outer. So it's really, again, one of those few places where it's, oh, this is what's, this is a direct link to that, which is outside comes in and comes back out. Um, It's one of the very few things in the body that's both voluntary and involuntary. You can voluntarily control some of our function and breath is one of those things. It happens left to our own devices. It happens, but we can also make it happen. And it allows us to play with the idea of being someone who can control something and someone through whom things happen. So both being in control, but also being a conduit to allow. And the difference of playing with when we manipulate the breath or we breathe in a certain way has a certain feel to it. Or when we're just relaxing and trusting the the natural flow of our breath. And sometimes it can help as we try to find that natural flow of the breath is to really allow there to be almost an exaggeration on the belly breath or an exaggeration of a longer exhale, such that when we are um, riding the wave of the breath, we're not riding it when it's up here and really shallow, because that just kind of reinforces being in a state of kind of agitation or again in that uh, sympathetic nervous system. So tilting towards, let's settle down. Some of you have heard me say this. I did some in working with the HeartMath Institute and they have one of those devices and there are so many different heart rate variability devices i'm not advertising for it but i'm just bringing it up so you clip it on the ear and then you can watch on the app um so the heart rate variability and then the coherence and the heart math institute is they're kind of all about coherence coherence of the heart rhythm coherence of the brain rhythm and when everybody's can grow in the same time we're in that flow state there's there's a lot of ease and movement, yeah. That's where there's a resonance throughout the body. But I've talked about it in different ways. So when the, the the mind, the heart, and the body are kind of all in congruence or in a sense of authentic connection, oh, we can we're connected to ourselves on the physiological level. Like, oh yeah, if the heart rhythm isn't trained with the brain rhythm, okay, coherence. In that book, the heart 
breath mind, she speaks more about resonance. And when we're in a place of resonance, again, there's more resiliency, there's more um, ability to kind of meet what comes with a sense of equanimity because the system is regulated. Yeah, and I talk about this a lot about sitting with an agitated mind is very difficult because if the mind is really agitated, it can also kick up the physiology. So there's a sense of like, there's so much restlessness in the body as a hindrance for sure. So we can know restlessness, feel it here, feel it there. And sometimes it's like, sweetie, this nervous system is so dysregulated. We could sit all day. It's not going to happen. You can just sit in dysregulation. It does not onward leading. So when do we pay attention to, okay, I can feel this restlessness. I feel the shallowness of my breath. The awareness can also lead to, oh, how can I bring the system back into regulation? It can be by those deep belly breaths. So the uh, inhale through the nose for five or six, and then exhaling seven or eight through the mouth, like we're blowing out a candle, which we'll do in a minute. But being able to really tend to the physiology of when stress gets a grip, it's hard to meditate our way out of it. And I've shared this before when I was got sick from mold and it was impacting my heart and not being able to, like, I can bring my blood pressure down just by meditating. Like, I couldn't. <laughs> Very humbling. But really being able to work with and understand the physiology of what's happening and breath being a profound doorway into settle down. I was reading, um, and I won't talk much about the neurology, but in the brain, there's like a, a breath pacemaker in the brain itself which has 174 different neurons that can do different things depending on what kind of where we're breathing, if we're shallow breathing, if we're in fear breathing, if we're sighing, um, these different neurons are activated. And when the uh, pacemaker and around breath in the mind is kind of linked up with a heart, again, oh, there's an ease, there's a congruency, there's an equanimity in the body. Um a little bit of science and then to um, the mystics. Are you looking at me? I'm in the next. This is called breath. I'm in the next seat. My shoulder is against yours. You will not find me in the stupas, not in Indian shrine rooms, nor in synagogues, nor in cathedrals, not in masses, nor kirtans, not in legs winding around your neck, nor in eating nothing but vegetables. When you really look for me you will see me instantly you will find me in the tiniest house of time kabir says student tell me what is god he is breath inside the breath from rilke breath breath the invisible poem pure continuous exchange with all that is flow and counterflow where rhythmically i came to be each time a wave that occurs just once in the sea, I discover I am. You, innermost of oceans, you infinite of space. How many far places were once within me? Some winds are like my own child. When I breathe them now, do they know me again? Air, you silken surround, completion, the seed of my word. Uh, Mary Oliver's, listen, are you breathing just a little? and calling it a life. And these pointings to the obvious sensuality from not breathing, we're not really living. And this invitation of, yes, but how are we breathing? And to what end? And how can we utilize the breath to help us really anchor into these divine abodes of loving kindness and compassion, joy and equanimity? And, and again, 
I think we all know this intuitively when there's an agitation, when the body's kind of hijacked, the system is in a flight, flight, freeze, collapse. <laughs> Equanimity is pretty hard to come by. Yeah. And being, instead of trying to fight the conditions of I should be able to maneuver my way there, like, oh, wait, sweetie, let's just look at it from a nervous system point of view, how to reset the vagus nerve. How to reset the ability of the body to actually exhale and relax. Um, um, yeah, so a little bit um, more on the on the breath. Uh, Okay, your breathing rate and patterns help regulate the various systems, um, stabilize your respiratory systems, your blood flow, your heart rate, your autonomic nervous system, which helps manage blood pressure, digestion, sexual arousal, and other bodily functions. Um, deep, slow breathing has a direct effect on brain activity via the vagus nerve, which follows a path from the brain to the abdomen and activates a relaxation response that calms you down. From the... the, the Heart also is the strongest emitter of signals in the body. It's 60 times more signals from the heart to the body than anywhere else. So again, kind of in training when we can be in those gentle, easy heart rhythms and the communication between the heart and the mind and the communication with the vagus nerve settles down. Again, there's going to be more coherence. There's going to be more equanimity. Um Scientists have established a connection in what may be a reciprocal relationship between the respiration rhythms and the emotional behavior and cognitive functions. Just as the brain sets rate and rhythm of your breathing, your breathing evidently influences many activities in the brain, such as those that affect emotions and cognition. For example, if you find yourself taking a deep nasal breath before or during a mental task that involves remembering, problem solving, or reasoning, the breath might help your mind work better. And I love it because it's like the Buddhist... The Buddha was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been talking about this for 2,600 years. Um, in the in that book, Breath, Mind, Heart, she sort of goes through 10 weeks and 10 weeks worth of different exercises and working with um, increasing one's ability to, well, increasing the capacity to have a, a greater heart rate variability, which is a sign of health and resiliency, as I mentioned before. But one of the exercises in the week is for breathing in, imagining that say if there's a tension actually why don't we do this exercise as instead of me describing it um let's just that <laughs> okay i'm gonna invite everyone to close your eyes and to come back into yourself and if it's helpful um hand to the heart hand to the belly just breathing into your hands And if with the hand that's on the belly, uh, in the inhale, going to inhale through the, excuse me, inhale through the nose for a count of in between four to six, whatever feels easy or natural for you. And allow as you're inhaling the belly to push out against the hand. Yeah. So breathing in. It's hard to do sitting. As inhale, we're going to um, expand the belly. And then on the exhale, a longer exhale. And again, the exhale as if you're blowing out just a couple of candles. 
inhale and then exhale longer. And again, checking in how the heart feels, if there's any stress or agitation or if there's some ease. Again, we're not trying to change anything. We're just checking in how the heart feels. And I'm going to ask us to call to mind something stressful. Not overly the top stressful, but just something that has a little bit of a charge. And to see if we can, again, sort of with our subtle antennae of awareness out there, can you feel anything change in the heart? Is there a constriction or a heaviness or a withdrawal in the heart? As we think about a stressful conversation we're going to have with someone or another external stressful event uh, in our lives. Again, not an incredibly stressful one, but just a little bit to see if you can sense into a shift in the heart. Again, if there's a constriction, a tightening. And so on the inhale to imagine allowing the kind of felt sense of that constriction. And then on the exhale, releasing it like water flowing or wind blowing that tension away, sunlight melting it, kind of whatever image works in that inhale and that exhale. So breathing in to kind of connect with that, if it's a constriction, a tightness, so whatever the sensation might be, whether it's felt or you're just kind of imagining it might feel this way. And then that longer exhale, just releasing it. We can do this. Let's do this together for 10 breaths. So again, breathing in through the nose, kind of making a contact with a felt sense of the stress, how it lives in the heart. Tight, constricted, dense, heavy, or becomes hard to find. And then with an exhale, as we're blowing out the candles, imagine this releasing that stress. Sometimes that might be an image, like if something's clamping the heart or shutting it down or imprisoning it in some way, and then releasing it, letting it flow. The natural strength and beauty of the heart, pericardium, the covering of the heart, that there's ease and flow. So breathing in, kind of that sense of constriction, exhaling. Breathing in that construction and then exhaling out. And finding your own rhythm and pacing. As I said, we'll do to a count of 10. By which I mean 10 different breaths.
Thank you. If you made it through 10, and just to kind of check in if you notice anything different or not. And doing a check through the center of the body. And then checking in how the chest, the heart center area feels, how the belly feels. I'm going to have us do one more exercise if you're game and you all are muted so don't worry i'm not <laughs> so you hear me so this um peter levine and his somatic experiencing is a big advocate of this but it's a very similar breathing in and then a releasing uh there's sort of all these studies done on the how how helpful uh, uh, just the sigh can be or breathing uh exhale and this is sort of the next level of that of breathing in and then together even though i know you all are muted uh then exhale of voo so V-O-O. So as an example, it's like breathing in and then the exhales. So I'm going to do it. Um, you can mute me or not. But to allow, take a deep breath in again through the nose, fill up the belly. And um, also picture that's helpful. Breathing into the back body, we really want to fill in the lungs. Because in the lower half of the lungs are these neuroreceptors that are help activate the parasympathetic system. It's a really well-designed system if we know how to utilize it. So again, allowing them to be like a big inhalation, filling up the belly and the back body, those lower lungs, breathing in. And then on the exhale, just re- with the sounding of <clears throat> letting it follow all the way out. I'll do this two more times. So breathing in. And then exhaling. So tending to the vagus nerve, yeah, it helps strengthen and um, tone the vagus nerve, and we want it running um, gut to the brain, not brain to the to the gut. Yeah. So the last of the boos are breathe in. Again, feeling feeling a fullness in the belly, feeling in the the lungs and the back body, and then that exhale on with a voo vo. Thank you. Uh, stop there and just appreciate your willingness to play around with these exercises and just really wanting to. I mean, there's so much talk about mindfulness of breathing and was just hoping to kind of give a little bit of more depth and encouragement of this is really helpful, not just from the meditative perspective, but just for the physiology, for the mind, for the overall health of our nervous system, which drives so much of how we are in the world. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.